Hello, everybody. Welcome to Spiritual Business Spotlight. Today, I am really, really excited to talk to Morgan Severson. She is a tarot reader, tarot and oracle card reader. She also uses astrology in her work, and she is a practicing and studying witch. And she's from Chicago, which is my hometown, too. So hello, welcome, welcome. How are you? Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Um, we're doing pretty well here, me and my cat, hanging in. Um, some days are easier than others in quarantine, but so far, so good. So knock on wood in that regard. Right. Well, this is, you know, something really <laughs> that nobody in our generation or the generation before us has experienced so much of. It's crazy to think about just the implications that will happen for years to come, I think. But right. I think we're doing the right thing, and that's important. But I think we don't know the extent of how this will affect everything. Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Well, my husband's a, a pilot, so he's been grounded for the past three weeks. So we're just kind of knock on wood and go forward. Yeah, you know, it's better to be grounded than sick, like you were saying earlier. For sure. Yeah. Are you to kill each other yet? Or I know you have kids too, so I can't tell what's worse because I live alone. It's like, is alone better? Is it family? Well, it depends on the day, to tell you the truth. <laughs> so, I mean, we have never spent so long together. We've been married for almost 15 years now. And this is the longest time we've ever spent together because he's always gone. So, right, right. yeah, we're getting used to being around each other. So it's it's kind of nice, though. He's taking care of things. So, yeah. Right. Yeah. So why don't you tell us a little bit? Because I think you might have started in a similar way um, with Doreen's work. Or am yeah. I? Okay. So tell hey, me about your, your history with, with what we do. Yeah, so I guess always as a kid, you know, I considered myself psychic and intuitive. Um, but there, I think there was a time, like I would say in high school and stuff, where I just was like, eh, you know, it's kind of isolating and weird and like overwhelming. And I feel like growing up so much is like, you have so many other things on your mind. But in college, I was having kind of like paranormal experiences. And so um, I just kind of got the sign to like buy a tarot deck and I bought one on Amazon and it was like the medieval tarot I don't know why I picked it um and I didn't really resonate with it I did do like a few readings with friends um in my apartment and stuff but somehow I don't remember how I found Doreen Virtue I think it was even before I was into cards or anything like that um and I was like yes angels resonate <laughs> because when you first start with tarot it can be like scary images and you feel so like a cult and weirdo um and so they made kind of this warm, fuzzy deck that I have. This is like my OG deck, the Angel Tarot. Um, I still use it all the time. Radley Valentine has signed it. I have <laughs> signed too. Yeah, <laughs> classes with him. Um, so I really liked their like view of tarot and that it doesn't all have to be like negative or scary. You don't necessarily have to be. A, I wasn't really a witch at that time. Like you don't have to be so like a cult and weird. Um, so I kind of really resonated with the way they worked, I guess. So love and light aspect of it. So I was a student of theirs for like two years and then I found Ethany, um, who has also been a mentor of mine and she kind of, I've really paired with her now too. Like I like her view on it. It's still like light and sassy, but it's like real and you can like deepen. I feel like it's kind of like a 
deep dive. Like there's so much to learn too. Like, okay, however you get introduced and then you can keep going. I don't know if that makes sense, but there's so much to learn, but however you get started is kind of like the beginning. Oh yeah. It's totally the further in you go, the deeper it gets kind of thing. Definitely. Yeah. It's like an astrology to me is like that times a hundred. <laughs> Like, oh overwhelming, like, astrology, like, I only do natal chart readings because predictive astrology, there's so much that goes into it that it's, like, and there's, like, math that goes into astrology, like, practicing astrologers are no joke. Oh, yeah. yeah. What, what made you take the, the step into doing astrology? Was that, like, kind of hand in hand with the tarot, or was it something... So I'm a Leo and I started checking my horoscope like in eighth grade, which I feel like is very Leo of me. Um, so I've been into astrology actually longer than tarot, but more of just kind of like in my early magazines or whatever. Um, but I started to dig deep more into actually like learning how to cast a needle chart, like what each aspect means. And so like now I don't even read my horoscope because I'm an early degree Leo. So like most magazines or apps, like I think do their predictions for middle degree so it hits more people <laughs> but for me it's like none of like no this isn't in my fifth house right now so this horoscope does not apply so I, I stopped checking my horoscope but well that's kind of cool yeah it's like I've, de I've definitely learned a lot I don't mean to say but there's just a lot that goes into astrology so that's why I don't do I've thought about it but that's why I don't do a lot of astrology readings at the moment just because tarot is more of a system that's easier to master in my opinion Oh yeah. And you know, according to your work too, you like to, you like to talk to the people who nobody else really kind of wants to deal with. So the predictive, um, the, the non-believers, the people who are just wanting to get a reading to kind of prove you wrong. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. So that's just something I kind of realized in the last year that I'm different than a lot of readers is that like, I will do predictions. I will do health readings. I, a lot of my clients are not really woo woo people at all. Um, and I try to explain it to them in a way that it's like, even if you don't believe in anything, you can benefit from a personality analysis, right? Like therapists use tarot. You don't have to be like, woo, angels, fairies, mermaids. <laughs> like, and I will take those people too, but I feel like that market is really saturated where I try to, um, and I work in a law firm in my mobile job. So like I, you know, deal with meticulous non-believing logical type people so i feel like that's kind of helped me as well so yeah i, I welcome the non-believers i welcome health readings predictions um and that also kind of stem from too like i get readings semi-frequently from anyone in the market and i kind of realized like mine not to toot my own horn or anything or come from ego but mine are just different they're more thorough and predictive which there's nothing wrong with getting an intuitive session i love those too but i think if you really want an answer um, you know, sometimes it's so like roundabout, it's like, oh, just believe in yourself and <laughs> ask the gods and whatever, but that's just fine. Well, you know, in a way, I totally agree with you about that because, you know, I mean, if people are coming to you for a reading, they want to know exactly, you know, kind of what's going on. And, and sometimes you're just like, well, I want to tell you this, but let's talk about how this is going to affect you or perhaps, you know, it, it's just, an, an, it can be a delicate delivery. For sure. Yeah, yeah. I think it's similar in that way too, from what I've seen from your readings, it's that, like, and I think, I mean, I, 
I don't want to say that like most, it just depends. Like you can go on Etsy and like there are thousands of readers oh, offering like $5 readings. So I also think you have to be discerning about who you ask to check in your energy. I only have a few specific readers that I trust and go to. Like you is one, Ethany, um, Eliza Einhorn, she's an astrologer. Like it's fun when you have an issue to be like, oh my God, I can go to Etsy. Somebody has a two hour turnaround. It's $5. Like I just need, need that answer. So I think you have to be careful. There are people out there who are, who are like fortune tellers and entertainers selling reading. So yeah. I think it depends what you're looking for. Now, do you read for yourself or do you kind of shy away from reading for yourself? So I go through phases. <laughs> <laughs> um, there was a time on this board right here where I would pull cards of the now, which is where my altar is. I mean, so when I first started, you, everyone tells you to pull a card of the day, which if I ran a course, I would probably recommend doing that too, just so you get to know and feel how the cards are. And doing that taught me, like, I think the four swords can indicate having good sex. Like, I don't think I would have done that or learned that if I hadn't been pulling a card of the day. But I kind of got to the point where it was like, I pulled the nine of swords and now I'm like, now I'm anxious about my day. So I was doing cards of the now where I would pull from several oracle, like one tarot card and several oracle cards and um, wouldn't pull again until I felt like I'd integrated the lessons that I, my guides are telling me. For a while I had like really strict, like cheeky guides. Um, like one was named Megan. I believe she had like a former life as like a bartender in Ireland or something like that. Like when I would go in for energy treatments, um, one of my good friends she was like they were they would be laughing before you got here like they were just very kind of sassy and I mean the ten of swords was stalking me since 2016 and I recently like had a moment where I like told my guys I was like listen team I'm done with the hard lessons <laughs> like I want gentle easy <laughs> clear like so um I've been pulling less for myself as of late but I'm kind of starting to dabble again I got another angel tarot card deck that I use just for me because this is like so my client deck. This is the first deck I learned on. So I felt like kind of, I know it was half off, just like having a deck for me that I have on another altar in my apartment that I do just for me. So I probably read for myself like maybe once or twice a month. And I really love the, the fact that you have a deck for yourself that you don't allow yourself to use for client readings and then you have client reading decks as well. Yeah, and so it's interesting. I don't know if this happens to you. Like, once somebody buys a reading, like, I start to get visions of them and also, like, feelings of what deck to use. And so it helps me turn my readings around faster because I'm like, and it's not so much like an energy drain or anything like that. It's just like more like an awareness. But it's like, oh God, like, I already know what next deck I'm going to use for my next client reading because it's just like on my shelf looking at me like, this is the one. <laughs> right. Well, and I had a reading that I did the other day and it was, a, you know, it was a love reading. And so I got the Romance Angels deck out, out of all of the decks, you know, you know how it is out of all of the decks. And then I pull um, Soulmate and this could be the one. And I'm Whoa. like, yeah, yeah. And so it's just like, ooh, I don't want to send this message. And then I, you know, so I had to set it aside for a minute and I had to say, you know, I pulled more cards from different decks. And then I was like, this was the message that I got for her. And I shouldn't hold back on that message because I don't want to be like, this is your soulmate. This right. is be the one, you know? And it was what I feel like a lot of people actually want for the reading. And you have to kind of 
deliver that with kid gloves, you know? Totally. And sometimes when I do romance readings too, like this is my own, I have to be like, okay, Morgan, not all men are trash. Because you do so many readings where it's like, this guy is an asshole. Yeah. But sometimes you'll be like, wow. Because normally if somebody's coming to you with a love reading, they have an insecurity that they, you know, like a valid, yeah. why am I asking the tarot about this dude? <laughs> Like, if a dude makes you feel secure, you probably don't need a tarot deck, but sometimes people just need a confirmation that this is the real deal, but normally before I do a romance reading, I'm like, okay, cancel, clear, delete all of my negative thoughts toward men right now. Well, yeah, and do you feel, though, like it's hard to kind of keep yourself to, from projecting some of your energy, or like you were saying, you know, um, some of your past thoughts about different people into the reading space? Yeah, so there, I mean, I think now that I do it professionally, I'm really good at separating myself from that, but there, like, my Matt, who's on the line right now, like, whenever he wants a reading from me, I will do it sometimes, but I normally refer him out when I know somebody, like, sometimes I'll read for my friends and family, like, I did a coronavirus reading for my parents, and I did a month ahead for Matt, because he helped me out with something, just like a trade, but generally when my friends come to me for a reading, if we're super close, I'll be like, I'm too biased, <laughs> like, I'm sorry, <laughs> like, like, I know I don't really like that guy or like I'm biased that I want you to move closer to me or take this job. So um, if you're in my inner, inner circle, it takes a lot for me to read for you or it needs to be more of kind of a general question. Well, I love that, though, because a lot of times we are too close to the people to be able to really give them good advice, even with life coaching or with with cards or with any kind of advising. Totally. And I think, too. Um, when you're so close to somebody, it's like, I don't know, you just got to take a step back. So, right. and there's so many good people in my network that like, I love to refer to anyway. So, um, yeah, it's easy to be biased when somebody's close to you and you have an, like a stake in the outcome. When I first started reading, like when I took a course with Bradley and Doreen, I remember thinking like, oh, I can only do readings in person. Like, how do you do a reading virtually? And now I don't, I used to offer video readings and like video chat readings. And now I only do email or like I am because I don't like seeing people's faces as much because you can start to become biased based on their social cues um, for good or for bad. So you can start being like, oh yeah, I'm so right. Or like sometimes like people look really confused, but it's actually really resonating with, with them. <laughs> but you can start to feel insecure because you're not getting any like social cues. So I, I find I'm just better at writing than on video chat. But when I first started, I only did video reading. So it's interesting how that stuff kind of changes too. Oh yeah, definitely. And do you feel like you, you make more space for channeling readings when you do typed out readings rather than doing, you know, kind of on, because doing live readings takes, you know, that quick. Yeah, like a gumball machine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I actually, so I have a Virgo stellium. So um, I like love reading. I read every single book in my elementary school library as a kid. I've read 11 books this year. Like I read 27 last year. Like reading is really important to me. I really hate video content actually. Like I hate that that's the new trend right now. And I support a few creators on Patreon. And you know, the thing most people like right now is videos. And for me, like I read faster than I listen. So I really hope blogging makes a comeback. But that's just kind of my medium that resonates most with me. And I think I am a better writer than in person or on video. Um, might be my Scorpio rising. I don't know. Cause I'm a Leo. It's like, you would think I would love the camera, but I don't really. <laughs> yeah. With, with the Scorpio there, you're probably like, yeah, let me hide out behind. Yeah. 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 Well, 
Oh, sorry. I was just saying, if I could give up social media, I would, <laughs> but maybe someday. Well, and how do you feel like we are in such a wonderful space for doing what we do, but we're also in such like a, you know, for empaths and for readers too, um, social media is both a curse and a blessing because people want you to be on all the time. They want you to be always available. When you're an empath, you're totally like the energy is just like, especially right now, it's so overwhelming. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, how are you balancing that? Social media is hard. Um, I wrote a free ebook that you can get on my website. You don't even need to put in your email. You can just grab it um, about digital boundaries because I think they're really important. So in 2014, I deleted all of my personal social media and I didn't bring back um, social media until 2016 and it's strictly for my business. Um, and so I recommend like if you have been on social media for any number of years, I mean, I had been on it since I was a sophomore in high school. That's a really long time and a lot of connections. Like I believe every person you're connected to online is a cord. And of course you can cut your cords and stuff. And I've come so far too, like I would be so offended when somebody would unfriend me or unfollow me. Like I would feel like personally hurt by that. And then like seeing a picture from three years ago when you felt skinnier or prettier or happier. Um, and so to me, social media is just something that you don't need to engage in. To, like it's just an option. Um, as a business owner, you know, I do run my social media page. Um, and I think I'm, I'm really glad I took that two year break because I think I have a really good boundary with social media now, but I would encourage any business owner who's starting out or who has been on social media for forever, um, to take like a month off from your personal page if you can, and just see how different your life is. I remember just scrolling on social media on the train and when I first gave it up, like I started reading books again, like I wasn't reading as much as I read now. It's so easy to like have a bad habit of scrolling and it's not anyone's fault. And it's like frustrates me to no end like autoplay. Like I have a Chrome extension that disables autoplay because I'm like, I don't want to like be sub subjected to content I didn't consent to. It really bothers me. But like, there's such innocuous stuff with technology like that. Like think of how many people, like think of how many videos you watch just because it was auto-suggested to you and just started playing. Or even with like Netflix, like I pause after each episode and I ask myself, do I really want to take another hour of my day? I really think technology is like programming, but I really feel like I'm kind of a conspiracy theorist in that. But I think you really should take a step back and acknowledge your relationship with technology and social media. Oh, definitely. I agree because it can be consuming. It can be, you know, and like you were saying, I went to a course um, and they said that on an average day, the average person will scroll the height of the um, Statue of Liberty. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, I mean, and even me, like my screen report weekly, I mean, since the quarantine, it's been way worse, but like it's like four to six hours a day. And that's somebody who doesn't have personal social media, like, I'm not holier than that. Like, this is, you know, I have a boundary, at least try to. I'm still spending four to six hours a day on my phone. That's a lot. But are you working on your phone? Like, today I was, like, laid up. I, I pulled my back out. And so I was, like, making, you know, uh, images and everything for, for work. So. Yeah, a lot of it is that. And there's so much you can do from your phone. And I think it counts, like, my max screen time, too. So it's both of them. Um, so, yeah, hopefully. Yeah. Some of it definitely work. I don't spend a lot of, I try to like check in with the people I really like on social media. 
and there can be, I mean, there's, like you said, there's good and bad. Like, there is this lovely person on Instagram. Her name is the Celtic Storyteller. She shares all of my stuff. She comments on everything. Like, there is great community out there. You just have to find it. But it can be really overwhelming, especially as a spiritual business owner. You can feel like you're just throwing spaghetti at the wall and seeing what sticks. And I have been playing, or I've been on Instagram, seriously, since 2016. I have, like, 700 followers. I know people who got on in October of this year and now have like 14,000 like it can be extremely discouraging it's really hard not to compare yourself there have been many times when I'm like why am I doing this I've spent a lot of money I've spent a lot of time you know I've spent a lot on marketing stuff I, I on the other hand I've learned a lot too I'm still here um I think I've grown a lot too but Starting out as a spiritual business owner, like I don't recommend it for the faint of heart. It's not easy. <laughs> oh no. And that's the whole thing. I think that far too many people are putting like this six figures in three months kind of thing out there. And then it's only to sell their course. Like the one thing that I'm noticing right now is like high end, like how to sell high end. Right. Like, the big. Like you don't know exactly what they do, but they promise you that they've made six figures. <laughs> but it's like, what? Some, and you have to remember, I think I've said this before, some people are just good at marketing, like, yeah. and they just happen to want the target audience of spiritual people. Right. And so you can't, you can't really compare yourself to somebody who's an expert in marketing when you're trying to offer light, I guess. Right. Well, and then there's, there's such a spectrum of people and it feels like a lot of times I get people who reach out to me for free readings, like. So they're seeing what I'm putting out there. They're just like, hey, can I have a free reading? I'm like, here's my link. Here's how you schedule an appointment. Yeah, I know. I So sometimes when I get the free reading requests, I will do, I have like a blog series. It's called Ask Morgan. And I will do like, you know, one card. But like people, I'll be like, hey, I don't do free readings. But if your question interests me, I will answer it on my Ask Morgan series. Nice. And then people will be like, okay, so when? And I'm like, this might take me a month. Like, when the spirit, you know, I do weekly stuff for my website. So if it's not Ask Morgan week, you might have to wait four weeks. If you want a one-question reading, here's my link. Like, right. So people just, that's the other thing, too. Like, you know, when people ask me if I'm in the closet or not, I'm like, I'm not really in the closet. I mean, but the thing about telling somebody that you're spiritual, people feel really obligated to your energy. It's like kind of exhausting. Like, you know, I tell people I'm a psychic and a spiritual business owner and they like thrust their palms in my hand. Like I read palms. I'm like, first of all, I don't read palms. <laughs> I don't know why that's people's like assumption when you tell them you're psychic. Um, and then they're, you know, they want your story and stuff like that. And it's like, I'm happy talking about it if it's like a normal connection, but I feel like people feel really obligated to spiritual people. Yeah. That's true. I'm just like, you know, like drawing away from, but that's the whole thing. Like you really understand why they say that people would be like, cross my palm with silver before, before I even open my mouth, I need that money in my bank. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah. There was something that you said, but that is really nice of you that you do the Ask Morgan um, series. Yeah, I try. I mean, and so whenever I get a new deck, like I just got a new deck today, um, I try to post and just say, just to shuffle the deck, because it takes a while to get it well shuffled. I'll be like, okay, post to my Instagram comments below. If you'd like me to pull you a card, I'll get you as many as I can. I don't get to everybody. 
Um, so I try to like give back because I feel like it's important, but um, I also totally support people who don't do free readings. Like most of my mentors don't, and I don't do it frequently. Last year, my prices were really low. Um, and I just felt like knowing my audience, knowing the competition, knowing what I felt like was my skill versus other readers, um, I ended up raising my prices this year. So, you know, I think there's a nice balance that you can find. You have to find what works for you and what feels right for you. And I was feeling really burnt out. And I talked to one mentor and they're like, well, then you need to raise your prices. <laughs> so it's a balance. Definitely. Definitely. I know what I was going to ask you about. So um, the being online and you have, you're a part of an online coven. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So do you feel like that is kind of like keeping the balance or do you feel like you would be happier if you would be able to meet in person or? I know sometimes I like, I fantasize about like, I don't know, living in the country and just being like a medicine woman and having people just come to me and never having to go on the internet again. I like seriously considered like, I don't know, three years ago, this is dramatic, but sorry, I'm a Leo. Like consider getting rid of my cell phone and just having a landline because like I couldn't deal with how connected I felt, but I worked, I worked through that. Um, but I will say, so I was a part of the Chicago pagan scene for a little bit and I just didn't find the community that I wanted to be a part of as much as I have with the Awakened Soul Coven that I'm a part of. Um, and I felt way more sense of community with them than I felt with people here in the city. Um, there's lovely people in the Chicago pagan scene. I've made good friends, but there's also a crew of people that I would say like pagan is synonymous for weird and aren't really here for the religious aspect, <laughs> but are just here because they feel like this is where the misfits hang out. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's just not really my scene. So the Awakened Soul Coven, I mean, Anthony and I have been friends for a long time. Um, and you know, when I first started in the coven, there was like 11 to 20 people in it. And they're still like my really good friends to this day. Now we're like over 100. And oh, I'm, <laughs> I'm not as active. I'm active in like our core group, but it's kind of, it's gotten to the point where I'm like, it's hard to know everybody in this coven. But the core group of people who I first started with, like one texts me like once a week, like, hey, how are you doing? You know, and I go in the group and that's the group like when I'm feeling anxious or need Reiki or like need a suggestion, that's where I go. So to me, it's been really worth it to be in that coven. Um, and I felt a sense of community that didn't feel like being online that I felt even more than in real life people here. Nice. But that's really important, especially like no matter how far along you are in your journey, you can still learn something new. You can still, you know, um, and being able to open up and have a community that you feel comfortable with because yeah, I understand the Chicago scene like, yeah, from, from even before I haven't been there for what, since I was like 23. So yeah, a really long time, like 20 years, but yeah, I understand like, just the energy you have to find people that you feel really comfortable around and with so mm -hmm. and the people who are leading it are also really important as well right and I thought about too like do I start my own meetup I've considered that but there there are a good enough like good number out there that I don't know like I don't feel like I'm missing community right now so oh that's good then for sure and do you find, like, in Chicago, are you able to find, like, some woodsy, foresty kind of 
nature places to go to? So not really. That's like one thing that I wish I had more. Um, but it's interesting because like, though I am a pagan, I really do love the city more than the country. I don't know if I will always be like this, but like when I'm home, I'm from like small town, Wisconsin. When I'm home, I'm like kind of anxious because I'm like, I'm, and maybe it's just because I'm overstimulated because I'm so used to the city. I mean, Chicago's on Lake Michigan, which is a beautiful, gorgeous lake. Um, the lakefront path can be really busy though. That's like where everybody goes. Um, so when I like do my witchcraft, I like bury stuff in my courtyard. <laughs> it's like a common courtyard. Like I try to go when people aren't around. Um, but I really love the energy of the city. So I went to college in Madison and I loved the energy of Madison. And then I spent a year in DC and I really did not love the energy of DC. Um, and I just absolutely adore the energy of Chicago. I think Chicago is like well planned out and has good people, has a beautiful skyline. Um, so to me, I kind of get that like energy from the city itself. And I really love, I love being able to walk places. I love, you know, I have Ethiopian, Indian, tapas, you know, just like, feel like I have the world at my fingertips. But yeah, when people are like, okay, let's have a bonfire and go outside under the full moon. I'm like, I can't really do that. <laughs> right. True. But there's a really, now, do you do in-person readings in your area or do you mainly do online stuff? You said you prefer. I mostly do online. I have done parties um, with friends and um, I will do it for friends, but that's not really my like biggest area of business, I would say. I've considered, I've heard certain things too, like Chicago has like fortune telling ordinances and I've read that like you can only be downtown you can't be and I don't live downtown um so for me it's been more easy and nimble to just be online versus in person but I have done a few parties here and there okay and do you have to adhere to those rules even when you're doing online readings or is there like a little bit of give there um you know Chicago is kind of like a lawless town so I have heard both ways. Um, I've heard, you know, one of my friends was a business owner like a mile away from me, and she said somebody reported her, and so she ended up moving out of the city. But oh, wow. she was, I know, she was a brick and mortar store though, so I don't know. And I also don't know like how much the aldermen of Chicago really care about online businesses. I don't know. It might happen to me, I guess. I guess I would have to like lobby my local alderman to let me have a permit, <laughs> which would be interesting, I guess. Yeah, totally. Yeah, because that's something I, you know, I teach about that. Like you have to double check with your small business association. You have to check with your state and local authorities to make sure that you can even, because some places you can't even read tarot for money unless you like totally disclaim everything um, right, and you know, entertainment purposes only um, at your own risk. Right, yeah, yeah. For sure. And um, like, with you go into areas that other people don't go into because of the you know legalities associated, kind of like the health reason readings and things like that. So, is there a way that you kind of? Um, I hate this, like, I'm trying to figure out how to say this, because there's sometimes when you come up with a reading, and you're just like, look, you need to go get this checked out immediately. Yeah. Like, I don't care what the cards say, I'm just getting this information, you have this problem, go, you know. Right. 
Yeah, I will say I haven't done like serious medical health issues. You know, I've done like, I mean, my parents had asked me about coronavirus, but um, if somebody was like, I have cancer and I'm debating doing like natural health treatment or conventional, I mean, I guess it would really depend on the circumstance and who it was. Because um, I don't want to say that I, I would, I mean, obviously I would say I'm not a medical doctor and you need to go with what feels right. But as an intuitive person, I'm willing to pull cards on each option and relay with you what I feel. Um, and I don't think a lot of readers would touch that. And I mean, hopefully I'm not going to get like an influx of like crazy health questions. Because I really don't feel like I want to read about coronavirus because the collective's energy around coronavirus is like seriously really intense right now. <laughs> I'm supposed to do like my April reading for my podcast. I'm like really thinking about how I want to address the collective's energy right now because everybody is really triggered. Um, but that's, just, I mean, as an intuitive person, I feel like that kind of a moral obligation to answer those questions. Like I know it's like scary and a lot of like responsibility on your shoulders. And again, preface that by saying I'm not a medical professional but I feel like we kind of get into this like gray area of like if you're willing to do this but you're not willing to do that like are you really an intuitive person like willing to give advice and I know that's like controversial but um and whatever people feel comfortable with like no judgment from me but I I really feel kind of like an obligation huh and yeah how do you feel you know because you're right this is such a heavy time it's such a you know, on the one hand, I know myself and, and a lot of people are kind of trying to balance between like the sky is falling and let's create a new future, you know? So we really have this, and I've been feeling kind of an obligation, but first to yourself right. and to the world. And that's like, like what you're saying with social media as well is like, there's this there's an obligation or like a pressure right now to perform and to be open and to be everywhere all at once and since the coronavirus hit you know what i want to do i want to hang out with my family i want to take my dogs for a walk i want to go out in nature and i want to really like kind of um figure out what's most important and that's what i feel like the the benefit i don't want to say the benefit but the coronavirus, like the, the positive aspect has really like kind of forced a lot of us to figure out what our priorities are. Totally. And I was saying this like with another plant reading too, like you really need to make yourself a priority, like period. And I think a lot of spiritual people and women generally are very good at putting everybody else in front of themselves from family to work to a stranger, <laughs> you know? So, um, I feel like we've gone through a lot in the last couple of years. I've kept saying that I hope it's the rock bottom that we needed to like really focus on what's important. Um, and I think for any spiritual person, you know, I try to post Instagram every day and I try to do something that is useful and helpful. Um, but last week I, I went into an anxiety spiral, like a spiritual, very self-conscious person. Like I read an article about how we're going to turn into Italy and people are going to be looting and we're going to be on full lockdown. And I like made a plan to walk to Wisconsin if I need to. <laughs> so it can happen to anyone. So it's just about giving yourself grace and space. Um, and you know, you are a spiritual being having a human experience. So you don't always need to be somebody else's light and like, it's okay to take a step back. Um, you don't really owe anyone anything. Period. Right. 
Well, and, and part of this is really important too, what you just said, like be open to being human through this. You might be a spirit having a uh, human experience, but that includes fear. It includes trepidation. It includes, you know, anxiety about what's going on. It includes all of the feelings and, and so much, so many people are saying, oh, just the light and bright positive stuff. Right. Yeah, like you have to like we and and I don't want to say that we have the obligation to show that, but it's almost like it, it's real. Right. Yeah. That all about the memes all the time. Like your girl loves a good meme. <laughs> right. <laughs> <Meme> generator. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. And yeah, like we said before, this is something that we haven't experienced as for generations, really, you know, I mean, I think my grandma's generation would have been the last to have experienced something so profound. Right. And yeah. it's like really getting into people's sense of security, you know, mm -hmm. so it's, it's the collective right now is special. <laughs> oh yeah. Now can I ask, did you do any readings about the coronavirus and do you want to share what came up or is that something that I should point people to your So I haven't done a collective reading for the coronavirus. I'm entertaining the idea at the moment. I am going to do my April podcast, but my podcast I was doing predictive readings for my podcast, but it was giving me anxiety because it was too accurate. And I was like, again, I can't going to work with a king of swords jerk hanging out <laughs> just don't have that today but um so i've been doing more of like what to leave behind where to grow um so i think that will still serve without reading for the entire collective i did do a reading for my parents um because they were they do florida in the winter and they were debating coming back and i pulled i found this new two options spread that i really love from biddy tarot um and so i pulled cards for each option and they both were really good so um they ended up staying in florida for another two weeks and ended up just coming back recently because the circumstances in florida have changed a little bit and they only had a month left so they were you know but i was like either way you're gonna be okay and i did see that staying in florida i think my mom would have been more of like a community leader and you know she did help somebody out before they left which is like very my mom to do um so yeah, I haven't, I haven't gotten a lot of questions on coronavirus. I'm like a little nervous too, because I'm about to do my post that I have a new deck and like anyone can ask a question. Um, but overall, it's, earlier this year, I had like distinct visions of me being really sick, not with coronavirus symptoms, um, actually more like stomach stuff. And then I also had a vision of me like walking a lot. And so I actually was really sick a couple of weeks ago. Um, I'm kind of like, in some way, I'm like, kind of wish I had it because hopefully I'm immune now. But although I've also read too that you can get reinfected. So I don't, it was before it was in Chicago. So I don't really think I had it, but I was really ill. And then normally when I would Uber, like I've been walking five miles instead of Ubering. So I think I had kind of a, not a global scale pandemic that this has turned into, but I think I kind of had premonitions of how it would affect my world at least. Um, so yeah. I've only really done a reading for it on my parents and I will say too lately I've been seeing a lot of really good signs whether it's like tarot cards that I see on Instagram that other people are pulling or when I'm out and about I've been seeing angel numbers like crazy oh, wow. so yeah like more than normal um, and maybe that's because I'm walking five miles or I used to just you know take the, the trainer and uber 
Um, so yeah, I kind of have deliberately not read on it because like I said, being a predictive reader can give you anxiety. Um, so, you know, I always say, I should put this on my website, ignorance is bliss and knowledge is power. And honestly, I choose bliss. I really do. But, um, <laughs> Well, and especially in times like this, you really kind of, you know, because I was working, like thinking about Archangel Gabriel and, you know, working with Archangel Gabriel and then the whole thing about uh, Archangel Gabriel being the one that um, chimes the trumpet or whatever and how that ties in with the 20. And yeah. then it was just like, do I really want to work with Archangel Gabriel? Like, I, I totally understand, like, the anxiety that comes up with that. And, you know, like, this is my angel that I usually work with because I'm a writer, because I'm a, you know, communicator. And then to be fearful right, of the messages that you're receiving, like, oh. Right. It's like, I don't really, you know, I gotta work, I gotta look after my own anxiety, too. So. Right. Right. But like I said, I really feel in the collective too that it's coming in waves. Like I really feel like a wave. Um, like sometimes my friends will call me like in a frenzy and I don't like today I feel okay. But on Thursday I felt absolutely insane. So I think that's how everyone it's like rolling waves that we're like working through this right now. So I think you gotta make sure you're not reading when you're riding away. <laughs> Well, and yeah, that's a really, that's good advice no matter what is going on in the background. So if you're like really in a, you know, um, an emotionally tumultuous time in life, that's not the time where you pick up your cards and you sit there and play, you know, read for yourself. That's when you're like, hey, can you, I get a reading from you about this? Totally, for sure. And I have a friend I just bought him his first tarot deck, and he's, like, totally the noob, like, he's, he will text me and be like, okay, I pulled this today on this issue. I'm like, how many times are you going to ask this poor tarot deck about this woman? <laughs> but it's a total noob move. We've all done it. We've all been there. <laughs> oh, yeah, totally. I mean, that's how I got into tarot in the first place is relationship readings for myself. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. So we should do a poll. Like, how many people in here got into tarot reading, doing relationship readings for themselves? Oh, yeah. It would be high. <laughs> for sure. What is your new deck, if you don't mind me asking? Oh, yeah, for sure. You might have this one. It's pretty popular. It's the Green Witch Tarot. Oh, okay. I don't have the Green Witch Tarot. So... Yeah, so I so when I this is also a total new move. When I first started, I bought like every deck under the sun, and lately this year especially, and last year like last year I think I only bought one or two. This year I bought a little bit more, but I try to be really deliberate when I buy it. Like, okay, you should if you're gonna buy it, you should shoot an unboxing for your YouTube channel, and you should post you know my free reading posts when I get a new deck. So um, this is one of my. First, like, not, I haven't bought that many this year, but I did also buy the Dame Darcy Mermaid Tarot. Not sure if you have that one. No. Um, and then Ethany has, like, four decks coming out, so obviously I bought all of those. But that poor soul is having printing delays because of the coronavirus, which sucks, but is not the end of the world. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the whole thing, too, is that... I, I quit buying, like, I don't think I bought any de decks in 2019 at all because I was just, like, feeling like, oh, my gosh, this is total consumerism. Like, I if I'm working with a client, I usually use Morgan Greer or um, just Rider Waite or the uh, Tara Illuminati just because 
they're really easy for the people to interpret and look at and they're nice looking decks but like for myself I use like I have so many beautiful decks that I <laughs> don't even use like the um do you have Morgan Greer or not Morgan Greer but um Mary L tarot Oh, I don't think so, but I do have Morgan Greer. But I mean, I got the Star Child Tarot, I got the Moon Child. Like I have so I've got Prisma Visions, like, they, and they are like little mm. work of art. Yeah, but it can be total consumerism, and honestly, that's I feel like I'm calling everyone out today. But like that's been my biggest problem with K House lately is I feel like every single creator gets an Oracle deck, whether or not they've ever worked with cards. Right. It's a three hundred dollar course. Everyone gets, you know, the book launch, and so I just feel like spiritualism has, like, really turned into consumerism. I totally agree, and um, one of my other mentors, Bix from New Age Hipster, um, she's, like, an ethical vegan, and she's kind of, like, really opened my eyes to, like, I haven't really bought any new clothes this year, and if I do, like, I try to go to thrift stores because, like, cheap fashion is so bad for the environment, too. Like, you're not really a good witch if you're buying cheap clothes just to be like, you know, on the latest. And I, I also think consumerism is programming too. So I try to be really conscious of what I'm consuming, even like through the dollar that I, you know, it's energy as well. Oh yeah, totally. Well, and that's, I'm all like, blah, 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 blah. Like, seriously, <laughs> that's one of the parts that I noticed about the period that we're in right now too, is really, we're not spending money on things that don't matter to spend money on. So it's really kind of opening my eyes to what, how am I spending my money? How am I spending my time? How am I spending my energy? Because all of these things add up in the long run. And, you know, even I, and I don't want to go into like the origins of the virus and all that, because there's, that's like a hot spot right now. Like, but there is just really, you know, kind of the consumer aspect of everything right now is being called into question. So. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And. We can, I mean, this is the other thing that I say too with my friends who are like, Morgan, it's so cool that you're so spiritual. Like I want to be there and I like, and I've helped open portals for friends and stuff and I'm happy to do so, but it's also kind of like a Pandora's box in a way. Like I had a friend who did, did never remember his dreams and I lose a dream almost every night. And now he has like vivid dreams and his spirit guides are like, we're here. <laughs> it's like, I mean, I recommend being on the path, but I think you also have to be careful because you will start the snowball of like really recognizing your impact on the world. And I think it's important and I recommend doing it myself, but it's something to really think about before you're like, yeah, I'm a witch, which also like the urban outfitters, witches. you know, like <laughs> you're not to judge or anything like that, but you have to be careful. Like this isn't about like consumerism and an Instagram aesthetic. <laughs> totally. Totally. Well, and even watching, you know, even watching where you're getting your crystals from, where you're getting your herbs from. If you're using herbs, I grow my own sage. I grow my own lavender. I grow a lot of stuff. I'm lucky enough though, to have a garden house, you know, where I can grow the things outside so I can make my own smudge sticks at home basically. Yeah. And it's hard. I mean, living in the city, I do buy a lot of stuff online too, but I try to like research where I'm buying from. I mean, all that's to say I'm totally an Amazon Prime member. So, you know, I'm not perfect, 
but when it comes to like spiritual stuff, I try to support small business owners as much as I can, local bookstores as much as I can, but it's hard. It's a balance. You know, I've tried to like eat less meat as well, you know, because I think meat is really bad for the planet, but I also think going vegan overnight is not easy either. So it's about, like I said, again, like giving yourself grace and space and compassion that you're doing the best that you can if you genuinely are. And, um, just being cognizant of the things that, you know, you are enabling with your dollar. Right. Well, and that's really important too, because sometimes you, it, it's better to buy organic um, free range meat than it is to be a vegan because you're supporting a farmer who's actually using really good practices instead of just um, avoiding that. So, right. yeah. Yeah. You have to decide what's right for you too. And I think too, like there's, there's such a level of privilege also in the spirituality, spiritual, oh. spiritual community too, that you have to be mindful of that as well. Like it's, you can't ask a lot of like indigenous or what, you know, people who live in food deserts, like they have a harder time with veganism and being like an ethical consumer. So there's a lot to unpack there. Um, but yeah, you have to be careful. <laughs> right. And that's why we have so much opportunity in this present moment to be able to like shift some things. I really feel like this is really an important time for us to, like you're saying, look at how we're consuming, look at how our practices and our spiritual beliefs and everything kind of influence the way that we do things and really take, like, like you were saying, just this ultra consumerism. And I too am, you know, total Amazon. I get my, audiobooks and you know everything from them every month because it's convenient I mean buying English speaking books in over here is like super expensive because it's all imported you know um but yeah but like you said give yourself space and grace and compassion to be able to do as well as you can in the moment that's so important totally yeah definitely and we're coming on nine or well, three o'clock your time, I think. Did you want to do any readings or are we just talking today or? Um, Does anybody on the line want one? Although these are mostly my people. So Sharon, do you want me to just do like a general card for you? Cool, okay. If anyone else wants them, you're gonna have to do it because they're my people. <laughs> okay. that's you don't have to, but. No, that's okay. I, I came prepared, so <laughs> just to I always have a deck, like, within an arm's distance, so. Yeah. As you can see, it's, like, kind of beat up, you know? It's, like, round now. Because this is the deck I had before I really knew how to shuffle, so I kind of manhandled it. But I took this deck to a party once, and everybody except for one person wanted a reading from this deck because I feel like you can just like feel the magic in it. It's a really wonderful deck so yeah it's an energy for sure. Okay well we got one of my favorite cards. We got the Ten of Cups for you so I think we have a good week ahead. I know we've been we're in this coven together so I know we've been pulling some more difficult cards for you so hopefully the actions that you've been taking have started to manifest themselves. It feels like some good roots are coming out too. Um, and I'm hoping that you're enjoying your quarantine because this is also a great family and relationship card. 
And again, it's another really good card. So everything I've been pulling lately, and I'm known to pull the hard cards. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think it's gonna be a good week ahead for you. Enjoy that time with the loved ones. Should I unmute her really quick or? If anybody else wants a reading, I'm here too, so it's up to you. Um, I have the Lima with me today, which is another angel-based um, deck. I don't know if you know. Do you know the Thelema tarot deck? I don't think so. I feel like I feel like of the Venn diagram of tarot decks, for some reason, like our the ones that we both have are like right in the skinny middle. Probably. So this one, it's like more angelic. It's a very, it's a really, really pretty deck. Um, I love the iridescence of it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just got really nice images. The artwork is nice. It's not over, it's not overly nice. We'll say, <laughs> you know, how some of them are just like, wee, happy, happy, happy. Um, but I'm trying to think. And what kind of, oh, hey, okay, sorry. No worries. Let's see, can you, okay, so Sharon wants to know, can you hear your guides frequently? So I'm not a Claire audience as much. I don't, sometimes I, all that's to say, sometimes I hear voices, but not very frequently. I would say um, mostly my, so I really started out as a Claire sentient, which is clear feeling. And then for a long time, I'm like, there's no way I'm a Claire cognizant. Um, but recently, I've started to see myself as a Claire cognizant, which is like clear knowing, where it's just kind of like you just have a sense. Um, and then I have a little bit of clairvoyance as well. Um, I actually don't do mediumship readings for a reason, um, but I can if I must. But overall, it's a general sensing. Um, yeah, I, I heard people when I was littler, but I kind of shut a lot of it off because it can be really overwhelming. And I don't really like working with dead people, to be honest. So um, I try to stay up here with the angels and spirit guides rather than like potential dead people. So don't often hear them literally, but some people do. Some people are clairaudient. And clairaudient can also be hearing music that resonates with you, stuff like that. But that's not my primary clair. And she says, great, I like angels too. Yeah, yeah. And I hear, uh, the one I heard was uh, Todesunfall, which we speak German here. So it meant a deadly accident. My husband was out that night because he had to work and, you know, so right in my ear, Todesunfall. I was like, shit, you know, I'm, I'm going to bed and everything. I couldn't sleep that night. Um, the next day I wake up, I was teaching at the time and the highway was backed up because there was a deadly accident oh that God. night and everything was backed up. So yeah. 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 It's like careful what you wish for, right? Knowledge is power, ignorance is bliss. <laughs> but they didn't give me any opportunity. Like I think I was just meditating and it was just like booming voice and I was just like, okay, great. Thanks. That's so German. <laughs> yeah, very. So for Matt, um, you got the two of swords. If you're making a decision right now, um, make sure that you're weighing things with 
not only your analytical capabilities, but also with your heart um, and, and have that as a part of the decision making. It feels like you already know what the answer is and you might be avoiding that answer right now because you don't necessarily want to make the decision. Um, so, and if you need more time, take more time. Um, but don't avoid making the decision just because you know that, um, you know, you just don't want to. If you have all of the, the information in place and you're just holding off because um, you don't want to make the decision, it's time to go forward. Sorry. <laughs> so I hope that helps out, Matt. <laughs> um, but yeah, sometimes, like we... Uh, my house here well i live in austria as you know and i started out in northwest indiana and my relatives are from like this area not too far from here like between here and brought us uh, and budapest and so i really connected with the land here like really like i didn't think i would ever connect with the land but um we have a cemetery behind us oh wow yeah so i'm always like this is my space you are not allowed to be here you know um pass through but don't stay youtube is hard it's like i've dabbled with it and i can do it but it's like it's not my jam <laughs> oh yeah totally there's just i don't know if you get the same thing as me but i get like the the impressions of the information that and, and so it's really very personal to the to the person who you're reading for and yeah. So, um, yeah. yeah, it feels like really spiritually high stakes. <laughs> like, yeah, and and also like this is my energy, and I don't want just anything passing through my energy. Really, and I find like dead people who are like super active. This has just been my experience to the point where they're like coming through really clearly. Like, haven't really accepted that they past and like need to move on like they're really hanging out on the earthly temple or plane or whatever when i would like i feel like it's important for them to like move on to the next chapter so like that energy is also really strong but that's just been kind of my experience i haven't done a ton of mediumship right yeah yeah because i'm like you i i just am like that's just not my my area that i really want to i don't want to say dabble but hang out in <laughs> really because <laughs> yeah because we really don't dabble like once you like if you're dabbling you're working with it you know basically and and yeah and if you're not protecting yourself and if you're not like fully engaged or not engaged then it can be i don't want to say dangerous but it can really play full workout <laughs> yeah, exactly exactly well uh Dumb question, but how do you know? Okay, Sharon wants to know how do you know what energies are benevolent, authentic dead people instead of demons, etc. This is an interesting topic, especially with all of the hullabaloo, we'll say, that's been going on in the spiritual community recently. So I'll let you. Yeah, I think, I mean, this is why you have to be really careful about what you're dabbling with. Um, and this is a good reason why I avoid um mediumship because I try to keep it like up here and high and stuff so when I have felt energy that felt uncomfortable to me I, I have literally like crossed the street <laughs> I don't 
mess around. I've gotten out of cars. I've gotten off trains. Like I don't mess around with it because I know I'm such a clear channel that I don't want to be influenced by it. Um, I think you just really have to trust yourself on that and know what you're comfortable with working with. I think the mediums of the world, God bless them. They've helped me. Um, but I think there's a reason why I don't resonate or not, not resonate. That's not the right word, but there's a reason why I'm not attracted to doing that kind of work. And I don't really question that and I accept it. So I think it's, it's just a lesson in kind of like trusting your intuition and also being discerning about who you are playing with during your spiritual work. Right. And that too. And like when I've been working with the angels, the, the energies that I work with and what comes up and what shows up is really calming, soothing, benevolent, always trying to cheer me up and put me in a, a better mood and not asking anything from me in return, you know, not trying to pull me in any or, or steer me in any direction, but more like we're here for you. Um, you know, we're, we're seeing you were, um, yeah, just, you're not alone. So that's kind of where I kind of feel like I'm not making offerings not to say that when you're making offerings, it's a bad thing, but it's just like, it's always been supportive. And that's why I don't see this as demonic. I know that there's a big argument right now, like are angels demonic and this and that and the other thing, but the way that they've helped change people's lives and bring more happiness and satisfaction and support into people's lives has been something that showed me like I don't think demons would be like ha 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 we're gonna make everybody happy woohoo you know without any expectations yeah and I think too I'm not an expert on this and I it, I feel like this is such a Scorpio Scorpio rising talk that we've had because we've been a little bit controversial in digging deep but like I also like want people to be careful like demons is such a fear-based yeah kind of word to be honest like I haven't at out of everyone I know who's a medium in the spiritual community, I haven't really ever heard of anyone having a super demonic experience. Like I have heard of exorcisms and stuff like that, but like, I think there's a lot of fear-based energy and super Christian thinkers that anyone who's not Christian are dealing with demonic energy. And what's more fear-based to you, me and Sue here talking about tarot and love and light and like cards and yes, you can go deep and stuff. Or like the people on YouTube are like demons. Like who do you think is more spiritually evolved? And I'm not saying I'm not a spiritual authority. I haven't gone down, you know, any demon research. But when I first started, I did have a lot of fear based of like, am I doing the right thing? I grew up Christian. I still love Jesus Christ. I like working with him. But I think you have to really question the intentions behind the people who are spreading demons. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. And a lot of times, though, too, there are things that you hide from yourself. There are fears and hateful um, energies that that need to be exercised, we'll say, out of your psyche and your spirit. But you don't have to be like, you know, call all that up, nasty, negative energy all at once. You know, you can be like, okay, like, let me change myself either drastically or step by step, but help me find a better way. Like, I think that taps into with energy vampires again. Fixed from New Age Hipster, I think, has a blog series on this. Like, calling somebody an energy vampire is giving a lot of your power away too. It's like, yep, somebody can drain your energy for sure, 
but what are you doing to address that? You know, like you don't have to hang out with that person anymore. You don't have to give them that much power. You know, you can let them be in their own negative energy without it affecting yours. Like my goal is for my energy to become like so clear and bright that what's happening around me doesn't affect me. I've gotten a lot better. I'm not all the way there. Um, there's a lot of stuff that's triggering for me too, but I think, you know, so many people are like, oh, I have an energy vampire at work and there's nothing I can do about it. Like you're also not empowering yourself. Right. Well, and then you just bring crystals and you make sure to protect yourself and you're not, like you said, there's a lot more power that you can take over a situation like that without necessarily allowing it to overwhelm you. And if you are overwhelming, if you are allowing it to overwhelm you, then like you said, step back into your own power and, and really make an effort to shine so bright and so pure that you do put that barrier around you and that there is a little bit extra if that person needs a little bit extra or whatever, but it's not going to drain or deplete you. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Or it's so big that people can take a piece. <laughs> <laughs> and you're not missing anything from it. Yeah. And then call it back. Bring it back in. <laughs> <laughs> right. So um any final um word or how can we get a hold of you? And um yeah, what do you want yeah. to do? Thank you so much. We covered a ton of ground. Um so I'm Morgan Severson everywhere, morgansevison.com on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. Um I'm most active on Instagram I'd say, but um I just redid my website. It's pretty slick if I do say myself. So check it out. I appreciate everybody's time and everybody watching the replay. And um, I hope everyone stays safe and well. Yes, definitely. And you too. And thank you so much for your time and energy. I really appreciate it. And thank all of your family and friends for coming and joining us today. That was awesome. So <laughs> at normally with a, a crowd here. So yeah, and it's been wonderful, wonderful chatting with you. So I hope we can do it again in a little while. Awesome. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. So we'll talk soon. Bye, everybody. Thank you. Take care.